Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Acquisitions Anonymous. I am one of your hosts, Bill D'Alessandro. And today we have a deal that Mills and I actually like. We liked it from the first blush as soon as we saw it. It was love at first sight. Um, today we are talking about a CDL license training business in the state of Texas. Uh, and it's pretty cool because it's not just a classroom. They actually are driving trucks around and grab a lot, uh, teaching people how to be truck drivers. Um, so it was a really good one. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode of Acquisitions Anonymous. Hey, Michael here. Want to talk to you about today's sponsor for the episode, uh, which is cloudbookkeeping.com. Uh, so cloud bookkeeping is actually run by my neighbor, Charlie. So I've met him in person and uh, can attest that he's a real human being and a good person. Uh, and what cloud bookkeeping does is offer a full suite of bookkeeping services uh, all in the cloud uh, for you around QuickBooks and other technologies that you're using as a small business owner. Uh, so if you're interested in getting the bookkeeping part of running a business off of your plate and focusing on running your business, uh, Charlie and his team are one to call. Um, they can put together a bunch of other stuff in terms of helping you manage and grow your business besides just bookkeeping, um, sophisticated reporting, uh, definitely helping you get your QuickBooks online set up in the right way, uh, and a number of things around payroll as well. So uh, definitely know them and recommend them. If you want want to find out more about cloud bookkeeping, um, you can go to their website at cloudbookkeeping.com. Uh, reach out to Charlie. I know many of you have uh, and see if he can help you uh, make your running your business easier and more fun by uh, letting them help with a lot of the bookkeeping solutions. So, uh, and when you call, mention this podcast, uh, it would help us uh, and help Charlie know uh, that we're supporting him as well. So thanks a bunch and cloudbookkeeping.com uh, as the sponsor for today's episode. Hey everyone, it's Bill. I'm here with Mills today and we've got a business that everybody will kind of understand right at first blush. It deals with the trucking industry, uh, which is pretty cool. So Mills, take it away. Bill, I just want to say before I read this, your mic sounds incredible today. I don't know if you upgraded or what it is, but you sound very crisp. Oh, thank you. Yes, I'm feeling very silky. Uh, I'm up. I'm very up close to the mic. I've repositioned my microphone arm. So um, from from my lips to your ears, yeah, you a lot. <laughs> the radio voice. <laughs> All right, we we have a deal uh, that's actually maybe under contract. It says sale pending, which um, is. I don't know. I, I rarely see that on biz by sell, but we've got it up. If you're on YouTube, you can, you can look along. It's on bizbysell.com. It's a CDL training and education center in Texas. And, uh, it's under contract. They're asking $2.4 million says the cash flow is a million, uh, and $85,000 gross revenues are 1.5 million. They don't have any inventory. The rent is $1,200 a month. Uh, the EBITDA, there's a little bit of variation between EBITDA and cash flow, and maybe that's like a seller's compensation or something, but the EBITDA is 973,000. Um, so they're asking, you know, a, a little under three times EBITDA on this. And then, uh, furniture, fixture, and equipment, they say there's $350,000. And I wonder, um, what, what all that might be. That's definitely more than like desks and chairs and, you know, computers in a building. But it says this business is the premier training school in Texas to prepare students for the CDL. That's a commercial driver's license or trucking license. Uh, there's a few different classes, but CDL class A is the big one. Uh, the CDL license test. It provides one-on-one -on -one instruction, study guides for the Texas CDL general knowledge test and rental trucks. Programs range from one to four days. 
with the $1,700 three-day option being the most popular. Students can also rent trucks by the hour separate from the training program. So that's probably their, their furniture, fixture, and equipment. They have, they have a few trucks. Students have been known to travel eight hours or more, bypassing other trucking schools to study with this business. There's a reason people travel that far. They're that good and have the perfect five-star rating to prove it. Not a single review out of hundreds across both Facebook and Google is less than five stars. That sounds like some uh, great review management tactic at play too. The business runs on honesty and transparency. They have a high pass rate, well-maintained equipment, highly knowledgeable staff ready to be the voice of confidence for students. They lease their uh, their facility. It's about a thousand square feet. Their lease runs out this year. That's kind of interesting. They have five employees. All the FF&E is included in the asking price. Um, uh, let's see. They The facility use, utilizes a one acre gravel yard and a thousand square feet of office. Included with the business are five trucks. There's three manual and two automatic and six trailers. CDL drivers are in high demand. This demand is not expected to subside anytime soon. According to the American Truckers Association, currently 80,000 trucker shortage that is expected to grow to 160,000 drivers by the year of two, 2030. They operate in a single location, could easily be scaled to provide quality training to drivers all over the country, minimal capital investment, little to no working capital needs, low fixed cost. Oh, my gosh, they're just playing on all the heartstrings here. And the business could grow fast with immediate cash flow and a very short payback period. Current owner is willing to commit up to 45 days for transition as a part of the deal, stay involved as an employee or a consultant. Um, he just wants to retire. He's saying he, he would stick around for about a year. This business is listed by a guy named Lee from Drake Business Services. Bill, what do you think about this, man? So I have a really weird feeling about this one, Mills. I think I really like this one. What, yes. That is <laughs> what a is weird this feeling? feeling. What's going on? I, I don't know what this feeling is, but I think I really like this one. What, what I love about this one is it is in an awesome industry that is doing good things kind of for our country and the economy. Like there's a huge shortage of truck drivers. That is just a structural tailwind here for this business. There's going to be a huge shortage of truck drivers for a long, long time until suddenly we don't need any when they're all self-driving. Right. Um, but I think for a while you've got a, a really, really strong tailwind in this business. Uh, they've got it reasonably priced 2.4 times a million bucks of EBITDA. It's big enough that it feels like it's systematized. Um, it's, it's kind of a, a repeatable business, right? There's a test you got to pass. It seems like there's, you know, got to be behind the wheel of the truck a little bit in their yard. They got a couple trucks where you, that you can practice on in a safe gravel lot. Um, it's kind of a very repeatable process, right? You take people, they show up, they go through the class, they pay you, they get their license repeat. Uh, I like this a lot. I mean, if I could find anything that gives me pause, it's the fact that it was only established in 2019. So it's only been around for three years. Um, so that makes me wonder, you know, how much of a moat does it really have if they were able to spill up, spin up a million bucks of EBITDA in three years, which good on them. Awesome. But maybe someone else could do that. Uh, and then I also worry a little bit, I mean, maybe a lot of bit about the fact that they appear to be losing their location uh, at the end of this year. Uh, that concerns me, but like as a business model, I think it's pretty good. What do you, I mean, what do you think Mills? Yeah, I like it a lot. I mean, I would be worried if this was like a real estate training school, you know, those are much more prevalent to me. And I think the barriers to entry, it, it's a double-edged sword. I think one of the risks associated with this that I just don't know enough about right now is the owner of this thing probably has some 
licensure. He probably has a CDL, right? And then like, like any of these kind of uh, license related kind of uh, training related programs, you probably have to have like the, you have to be licensed to give the license, which is more stringent testing and adherence and compliance. Because if you start putting guys out there and just like, Hey, everybody gets their CDL, right. Then, then obviously that, that creates big problems. So I'm curious what hoops, you know, as an owner, you might have to jump through and, and maybe you can do this with a staff level person, but I, I would be kind of worried about a lot of things there. So if there are some barriers to entry, that's going to make it harder for me as a buyer, but it also is really helpful because it, it kind of weeds out some of the competition. That That's the issue I have with these real estate schools is they pop up, you do like uh you know, a Monday through Friday, 9am to 5pm and everybody gets the real estate license and, and gets test prep in the, you know, in the class. Those I think are, you know, a lower cost than this kind of $1,700 typically from what I've seen. And there's just a lot more competition. So I, I like that this is a little bit insulated. Um, I, I don't, I think it's a state by state, you know, there's state by state kind of statutes for this. And Texas is probably a really great state to be in. Um, some states I think require a little bit more like apprenticeship. You know, I'm thinking about even like a barber. I have a friend who runs a barber shop. You have to get hours, like hundreds of hours to be a licensed barber before you can actually have your, you know, your, your, your piece of paper and do this. I, I don't know what the requirement is here, but it's just one of many things that this owner knows that, you know, me as a buyer, I don't know, but there's ways to cross that bridge. I, I, I like it. So I like it, you know, as you mentioned, Mills, there's all these education businesses that are just basically like spin up a classroom and a rubric and crank people out and give them A's, they all get their cert. Like the, a little bit of a moat in this business, like you've got a, you've got a gravel yard and five, six trucks and trailers, right? Like you got to actually get people physically there. This training can't be delivered over the internet. You got to get behind the wheel of a truck. And it seems like there's just based on the FF and E of this listing, $350,000 of startup costs. Cause you got to buy truck and you got to buy a lease. Like that's at least somewhat of a mode. It might not be hard, but like that's a capital and an execution and a commitment mode. You know, you're not going to probably get these like CDL mills popping up. Although I guarantee you there are, I would love to research this and see if there are chains of these things. Cause it seems like a great industry to be in. Uh, but I do like that. One, one thing about this, like if this is kind of on the more specialized, like it doesn't have to be high volume, you know, it's kind of, concerted effort, hands-on requirement. I looked at this business a few years ago that was the other end of the spectrum, which is like low to no touch point. It's, you know, online curriculum. It's just, they created the curriculum once and then they can just rinse and repeat ad nauseum. But it was like a $9 and 95 cent price point. And it was for serve safe certification. Like if you're going to go work in a restaurant, they're like, Hey, make sure you go get your serve safe. And, you know, we'll see on Tuesday and they're like, you know, just Google and find it online and you pay 10 bucks and you got to have that before you work here. Well, that business was amazing. They were, you know, they were netting like three and a half million dollars and it was just because they had a great customer acquisition funnel, but they didn't have these. It was, it was a, it was a pure like pay per click competition. How good are you at capturing a customer online and converting them. This is the exact opposite, right? I think they're hitting on the key point for this, which is read between the lines. There's a lot of word of mouth. 
and these Google reviews and Facebook reviews. But my guess is they probably don't do any paid customer acquisition in this model because it's not as competitive as a $9.95 you know, piece of paper. Yeah. Well, because it's, it's delivered in person, not over the internet and it yeah. kind of has to be local, right? Yeah. So like I, I can theoretically go to, go to pay-per-click war to sell everybody a surf safe in the United States. And now yeah. I'm competing on price and click and it's just a race to the bottom. But you know, like if you're in Nebraska or well, if you're in Maine or something offer the same service and I'm in Texas, like we're probably not competing. Yep. You know, for the same. I mean, if you're probably if you're stupid and you're bidding on like top of funnel, like get my CDL license keywords without Texas or something post fixed, you'll probably lose your ass. But generally, like it's regional competition, which I like. What do you make of the fact that their lease is up in two weeks? I don't think it's that important. I mean, maybe it depends on the market they're in. And if you look at it and go, oh, wow, you're paying, you know, a tenth of market rate rent. And now I'm going to have to adjust for market rate. That's a different story. But I think finding a thousand square feet and a little bit of yard space is not an issue. And unless, yeah. unless it's part of their competitive advantage and it's right, like right beside the Flying J truck stop and that's their biggest referral source. Okay. Interesting. So speaking of referral, you know, is this an entirely Google game? Like, is this somebody wants to get a CDL license? You know, you've got to attract individual people or are there, I wonder, you know, trucking companies that are desperate to hire people and, you know, they could hire somebody and say, go get your CDL license at this place and come back and you have a job immediately. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I, there's, there's one, I just looked up It's CR England. I see their trucks a lot of times and it's, you know, it's, it's a billboard, right? Every single truck that's driving down the road is a billboard for their school. And it's a driver training thing. I, I see them from time to time. CR England looks like it's multi-location and it's kind of East and West coast. And they have locations in Texas. Um, I think this is a business that, that, you know, professionalization would probably go a really long way. Um, I don't know though about I, I have, we've had it, we've lost employees, you know, people who are like, Hey, I, I heard that I can make, you know, $80,000 if I get my CDL and I'm going to go, you know, pay three, four, $5,000 to, you know, meet the requirements, take, you know, sit, sit through the class, take the test, get the, you know, drive time with an instructor. And I mean, I'm like, man, good for you. That's awesome. You know, is that the quality of life that you're looking for? I, I don't know, but, um, that's a lot of money for somebody who, you know, is otherwise maybe not thinking about that kind of earnings potential. I mean, that's worth noting, right? Like your marketing for this business is, do you want to make a hundred thousand dollars? You know, I definitely do. All you got to do is come take our course for, in this case, $1,700, it sounds like. And there is a line of employers, you know, by the way, Ooh, you know what? This would be really interesting if you also acted as a placement service, Mm -hmm. because there's probably all of these truck companies that are desperate for CDL guys, you can say, Hey, come to our school. You're going to pay us 1700 bucks. And then we're going to place you immediately with a job. And those companies are probably going to pay you a placement fee. Also, yeah. if you can bring them a steady stream of certified CDL drivers in a certain area. Yeah. You're definitely leaving, I think some, you know, potential value on the table. If all you're doing is training people and letting them walk out of the door with, you know, with the certificate or with the piece of paper. Um, I think right now it's obviously boom you know, boom time for this business as there's a huge shortage. And, you know, to their point, I, I don't foresee that really ch changing like in the near or medium term future. I don't think we're going to have like autonomous semis on the road anytime soon. 
I don't think we're going to be moving less freight over the road. Um, everybody I know, you know, complains. We have, we have a CDL driver. We have two CDL drivers on staff to move equipment and stuff. And they're very, very hard to find. I mean, and if you find them, right, it's highly competitive. One, one thing that we've seen that's really helpful is, um, being able to hire guys who got their CDL while they were in the military and they want to work kind of like flexible hours part time. They don't want to go work like 60 hours a week for a trucking company. Um, it, it kind of can lend itself to that flexibility sometimes, but there's, there's a lot of different subsets, I think, of the, you know, demographic and of the persona of people who want to get, you know, a CDL and what they want to do. But I, it's, it's, it's a very, very interesting workforce dynamic. And there's so much demand right now that this is probably the best possible time to sell this business because people can't ever imagine it being any less in demand. And maybe that's a problem. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. You might be buying at the top here, uh, which is never good, but like to give you a sense, I mean, I was just went on Google maps in my area in Charlotte and just typed in CDL training. I clicked on a bunch of these results. They all appear to be one-offs. Mm-hmm. You know, local, like I cannot find a national brand. Now that doesn't mean there isn't one, but there definitely isn't one in my area. Um, so this at, at first glance, first blush seems fragmented, seems, seems like a really good place to be. And if you've got kind of the lead gen and the execution and the curriculum, um, it's definitely time to start opening additional locations. Now, unfortunately, it costs you $350,000 to open a new location because you need however many trucks. Maybe you don't need as many trucks right away. You can scale into it a little bit. Um, and I bet you can finance them too, right? You can get a oh, truck yeah. loan just like a car loan. Um, so, you know, maybe it's it's a little bit less less capital intensive than it seems on the surface, but it is a little bit capital intensive. Um, so if I were buying this business, I would make sure if I were buying this business with a thesis to expand it, I'd make sure I really understood that I was going to have to plow CapEx in uh, from a cash flow perspective. You know, that being said, this business is cash flowing a million bucks a year and they want two and a half times for it, which means your debt burden is not going to be that crazy. So you should have decent free cash flow. The other thing that I love is, you know, yeah, there's some assets here, but like they get driven around the yard. You're not going to have to replace these trucks, you know, like every, every three years or something. You're not putting a ton of miles on them. I would expect those trucks to last for a while, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. I think my biggest concern in all this is the guy you know, or the gal who owns this business and what, you know, what kind of exclusive kind of hold do they have on the ability to deliver licenses, to deliver CDLs? And what's the path towards me or somebody else like me getting it? I I don't think it's insurmountable, right? It's not like, it's not like, Hey, I want to buy a dental practice and I have to be a dentist to own one in the state of South Carolina. Like that's a problem. I'm not going to dental school. I don't think it's that big of a hill to climb, but it, it is something that you will definitely have to navigate. And I, I just don't know enough, but, but it's definitely, it would be a, you know, do not pass go, do not collect $200. You got to figure this thing out right now. Yeah. You don't buy this business until you're sure about the licensing for this business. I looked Mm -hmm. in North Carolina Basically, the state has a list of approved schools where you can go get your CDL licensing. Mm-hmm. So obviously, in, in this state, you got to get on that list or you're dead in the water. Yep. Um, so it's just I'm sure they're on the list in Texas. It's a question about transferability. Um, another thing that's important to note about this in my searching, all of the community colleges in my area do this. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so you are definitely competing with all your local community college, which by the way, is a good thing that they do this. Like this is exactly what community college vocational school should be doing. Um, so I would want to understand, I'd assume that every community college vocational school in the country probably offers CDL or, or will. Um, so then I want to understand why do people choose this one over their local community college? Is it that I can get them in next week, you know, and they don't have to wait till next semester. Is it cheaper? Is it faster? Is, you know, is it because my Google SEO is better than the community college? You know, whatever it might be, I would really want to understand why I win against community colleges, uh, which is not apparent from the listing. Because I would think the community colleges are kind of subsidized too. You could, you know, maybe get scholarship funds. You could bring the cost down, but it may be that the delivery method is, you know, three months instead of three days or something like that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's got to be a lot of interplay between the employers of CDL drivers and this mm-hmm. business. Like I, yeah. if you can figure out how to get in there, they will both send you a steady stream of candidates and steadily hire your graduates and maybe even pay you for the privilege. Uh, so I would think if this business is not doing that already, I would want to investigate how easy or hard it would be to set up those relationships. And if I found that this business was not doing that already and those relationships were decently easy to set up, I'd be all systems go on this thing. Yeah. Yeah. You mentioned something that I really like, which is when the city or municipality or, you know, even, even privately held business has a list, a publishable list of people to call on. That phenomenon is present in a handful of industries. One that I ran into recently is uh, backflow, backflow prevention testing for commercial buildings. You have to do it in, you know, once every year or two years. It's usually like guys who own plumbing businesses like to do this kind of service. But, um, the, the one that I ended up using that, that a friend recommended, he was, he wasn't on the city's list. It was like $25 backflow. Like LLC .com or something. Yeah, yeah. No, no website. This is just a guy and his wife like called and was like, yeah, I handle the scheduling. Um, but they were like, put a check in the mail. But just so you know, it's now $35. We raised our prices. <laughs> it's no longer $25 <laughs> backflow. I was like, this is amazing. You know, be careful what you tether yourself to. But, yep. you know, if you're on, if you can be on a municipal list of here's the people to call, I don't think those lists are incredibly hard to get on. And you kind of know that your phone is going to ring, especially for some kind of regulated, mandated compliance driven thing like this. You know, I think probably the real estate schools have this, the barber, you know, exam has it, um, you know. Uh, you name it, you know, if there's regulation around it at the municipal level or the state level, they usually are going to make the information easy to get. And, um, that that's definitely a place. It's a nice, it's a nice place to sit because you don't have to go generate demand. It's being generated for you. Yeah. So all that being said, I do think this is a, this is a good business and I, I would be interested in learning more. Let's have the build versus buy argument for a minute here, because these guys started in 2019 pre-COVID, um, crushed it through COVID, obviously have built a million dollar EBITDA business in three years. Good on them. Good for them. Um, by all accounts, invested $350,000 in trucks, right? And signed a three-year commercial lease, which is now up. <laughs> um, to buy this business, you got you to invest $2.5 million. To start this business, you got to invest half a million dollars tops, I think. Um, can, should should you not buy this business and just stand one up? Like, is this as simple as crawling Google Maps, 
figuring out where there is a paucity of these things and just hanging and renting a, a gravel lot and hanging a shingle? Is it that easy? Or do you think that there's some enterprise value here? Mm, I think the word of mouth and the reviews are worth something, but I don't think they're worth, you know, two and a half million or maybe even a million and a half dollars. Um, I mean, let's be honest. You could also lower the startup cost on this thing. You don't have to own the truck in order to let somebody, you know, rent it out. So you sign a lease, you could probably bring your startup cost down to $50,000 as long as you can get the license. You know, if yep. there's some gate, some kind of moat around this guy, you know, letting you borrow his license for a year until you meet the training requirement or something, like maybe there's something there, but I don't, I don't think it's going to be that strenuous, but you could go, you know, you could go rent an 18 wheeler, you know, you could go lease one, you know, over a five-year lease or something like that and see if you have enough kind of, you know, core business fit. And then, then you wait and start buying them. I love that Mills. Yeah. So you're leasing the real estate, you're leasing the trucks. I mean, you could really bring your risk level down significantly. I, I would think the thing that would make me feel like there was enterprise value here in addition to the state licensure is if this business was wired in with employers of truck drivers or was on a government list or, mm -hmm. you know, if they had some way that was not easily reproducible, some licenses, some contracts, some relationships that were already in place that was either sending them students or hiring their graduates or allowing them to operate, you know, or they weren't issuing any more licenses in the state of Texas and this guy has one or something like that, then I see it. Yeah. Yeah. If they're, if they're able to say we have a hundred percent job placement rate because these three employers hire everyone and you go, Oh, I, it, I can't, I can't create that overnight. Then, then you got a problem. Yep. Yeah. Or, or you got an opportunity, right? Where you're, you want to buy the business rather than start it. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think there, there's a couple of businesses. I don't know. I don't have like a catchy radio name for them, but like where one needs to exist every hundred miles, like all over the whole country. You know what I mean? Like there's just kind of built in demand for them. They're semi-local. Um, and I've always thought there was an opportunity for someone to build some sort of heat mapping, Google crawling software, because if you could type the keyword CDL training school into a box, and then it could return a heat map of Google maps results across the whole country. And you could just go right there, you know, like that's where one needs to be. I'm moving there and hanging a shingle, you know, I mean, how many, how valuable would that be? How many businesses could you use that to start? Yeah. Things that are kind of geographically tethered, you know, like, and, and not already crowded. Cause there's things like, where the cost of transportation outweighs the cost of production and you just go, Oh, you have to be within a certain distance making this about where, you know, in, in relation to where it ends up so that, you know, transporting this big, heavy thing, you know, across state lines is an issue, but we can do it, you know, regionally, domestically next door. I had some, uh, knew some guys who rolled up a bunch of, uh, Motorola, like dealers, servicers, and these are like two way radio communication you know, which firefighters are always going to use. Police departments are going to always use EMTs are always going to use. And they bought like 16 or 17 of them, rolled them up and consolidated them. And it was all mom and pop. And you're dealing with a municipality. They have to constantly keep these things maintained and they have to buy new ones every two to three years. 
And there's never going to be, you know, there's never going to be a, na a nationwide one of these because they're just so small on an individual basis that it doesn't feel like it's worth the squeeze for anybody. Um, so th those are ones that nobody's going to drive to Charlotte to buy their two-way radio if you're in Columbia, South Carolina. You got to kind of do it here. You got to go to a place where you can drop it off and get it the same day. And I think, I think you're right. I mean, this, this business definitely fits in that category, but it would be super cool to just be able to type in what it is and see how dense are they and where are their gaps, you know? Yeah. I mean, that, that is such valuable data. You could sell it for a ton of money. I mean, this is applicable for any, I mean, think of our friend Nick Huber, self storage, right? Like if you could know exactly the density of self storage by zip code or even down to the street level, and just throw darts, right? Nationwide, you would kill it. I mean, you would think about this for, I know McDonald's has this internally for density of fast food, right? That's how they decide where to put a McDonald's. Um, so I know a lot of companies have this internally, but I could see, man, if someone built just a SaaS on top of the Google Maps API, and it wouldn't be perfect, right? Because you'd be relying on the accuracy of the Google Maps data. But if this exists, please tweet me or us at Acquisitions Anonymous, because uh, I would love to fool with it. That would be really cool. There's somebody in Columbia doing something kind of similar. It's called Planned Grocery, and they sell a software service to grocery store chains. And it basically kind of automate, you know, automates and kind of, you know, gives some custom input to say, we want, you know, a certain median income. We want, you know, this kind of food saturation or non-food saturation. We want this traffic count, this population density, this net population growth. And then it pulls up on a map and it's like, here's your options. Um, but, but you kind of wish you could do the same thing for, you know, whatever boat repair or something, you know, just whatever the category is that you could explore. Yeah. Yeah. That would be super cool. Uh, tweet us if this exists. Um, so I mean the, the CDL truck driving business. I like it. I mean, I'm, I'm bidding 2.5 times, like send, send me the sim. I'm into it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it a lot. I think it's very cool. So I love this one, the, the CDL training school I'm, I'm putting in for the sim and bidding two and a half times EBITDA rock and roll. I'm moving to Texas. Uh, girl, <laughs> be glad to have us. I, the one thing that I think Michael would have helpful input on that we don't know on this is where is it in Texas, you know, and is it outside of a major metro area? Like that, that's where you got to dig and go, oh, 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 okay. It's, it's located in a place that none of us would prefer to move our families. And that's part of the, you know, the hill you got to get over. I mean, I wonder though, like this strikes me as a thing that you could own absentee for like with good process and systems, you know, if you had a good GM in there, a good lead instructor or whatever you would call it and you incentivize them well, I think this could very, very easily be an absentee owned business. Well, we, we found one that we like people, please quit talking trash to us about how we never like deals. Here's, here's one. I mean, I think we've had two recently in like the last 10 episodes of deals we actually like. So keep sending us interesting deals and we'll keep, uh, we'll keep, you know, giving them rave reviews. Maybe we're just in the Christmas spirit this time of year and we're, <laughs> we're like, we're liking a couple of the deals a little bit more, but yeah, we do like deals. It's just, it should be this hard, right? Like if, if you, if you're a searcher, you've ever tried to buy a business, you know, you should look at a hundred deals to like one. Um, now that would make a very depressing podcast if we only liked one in a hundred. So we try to like, you know, one in 20, one in 50. So <laughs> you guys stick around for the gems, but I think this is a good one. Um, all right. Uh, we'll wrap it up there. That does it for another episode of Acquisitions Anonymous. Uh, tweet us or send us emails if you know about this industry. 
Uh, we would love to hear it. And also, if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. That does it. Have a great day.